Hey there, and welcome to the Red Sunflowers Podcast. I'm Valerie. And I'm Grace, and we are two pals who enjoy chatting about real life and our experiences of it as Catholics. We are excited to be able to share some of those conversations with you. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Red Sunflowers Podcast. We are Grace and Valerie, and we're here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Present. <laughs> Present. Mm-hmm. And it's dark outside. Yeah. It's very dark. We just mm-hmm. experienced a time change, mm-hmm. and it's only like 6.30 in the evening, but it feels like 8.30. Mm-hmm. So yes. if we start falling asleep, just start shouting and wake us up. Let's <laughs> see if that <laughs> works. <laughs> If it does, I have questions. Oh my gosh. And concerns. Mostly concerns. Yeah. Yeah. About <laughs> many things. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. I'm just No, that's okay. I apologize. I got um distracted for a second by messing with your my eye eyeball. i've yeah. been messing with my eye too it yeah. feels like there's just stuff in it yeah it just feels like like maybe yeah i don't know like i feel like like i just want to keep rubbing it to like clear it or something like yeah it just feels i don't know so anywho, sorry that's okay be that's, distracted by my eyeball. that's okay <laughs> <laughs> eyes can be major they actually really are major yeah. causes of distraction yeah Looking that is around. very true yeah Start wondering things, thinking things, because mm-hmm. you're looking at things. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's how it goes all the time. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, yeah. Transition. Um, our prayer intention for this month is for an increase in the virtue of hope, and so for our opening prayer, we're just gonna say um, a little little prayer asking for hope. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in times of darkness and uncertainty, we turn to you for hope. You are the source of all hope and the light that shines in the darkness. Fill our hearts with hope, Lord, and help us to trust in your plan, even when we do not see the way. Amen. Amen. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. <clears throat> so today we're beginning to tackle chapter 12 a behemoth of a chapter yes yeah yes in more ways than one yeah it's a behemoth because it's long Mm -hmm. it's also a behemoth because it's just dense Mm -hmm. rich packed it's very poetic Mm -hmm. this chapter um at least so far Mm -hmm. the first like 20 pages whatever however many we did yeah Mm -hmm. 20 um yeah so the, the, it's going through the last words of christ um as he's being crucified which as you can imagine it's going to be an intense chapter mm-hmm. um and it truly is so let's just did you have any opening thoughts or you want to just dive right in no just go for it all right so what from the first i don't know a couple of pages anything strike you so on the first um page of the chapter he kind of just 
He says, as we look on him crucified, we see a bewildering wealth of functions which he performs for us on the cross. And then he bears upon his own wounded breast all those orders and insignia which he alone can bestow. Priesthood is there, royalty, the prophetic office, sacrifice, martyrdom, all alike are jewels which he confers on those who follow him, each in his own degree. So this is definitely an oversimplification, what I'm about to say, and uh, worded much less beautifully, but he's talking about all of these different things and all these different yeah i was gonna say all these different hats but that just is like <laughs> seems absurd <laughs> that um are all present mm-hmm. while christ is there on the cross mm-hmm. which yeah i guess if you really yeah i don't know i guess and also i kind of like the comparison to jewels mm-hmm. i don't know that's yeah just kind of paints in an image and it's just kind of beautiful in an interesting way mm-hmm. i don't know to think about it mm-hmm. yeah yeah these jewels of his love and the different forms that it takes mm-hmm. yeah but then he goes on to say we shall pass all these things by basically to say like the most mm-hmm important thing is that uh he is our friend so he is you know priest prophet king martyr um but what what he's always going to go back to is this is our friend Mm -hmm. friendship of christ um yeah oh man it's just it's intense (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah then it continues on the next page Mm -hmm. talking about you know christ is our friend he's bearing all of this suffering and these burdens and he says who is yet content to bear all this and a thousand passions more if at the end he can but persuade us that he loves us wow (laughs) yeah yeah it's yeah just like crazy and wild to think about someone enduring all of that for the sake of you knowing that you're loved by them Mm -hmm. like that's just Mm -hmm. yeah it's a level of love that is yeah just like hard to fathom Mm -hmm. it is it is the only thing that I can really compare it to is just thinking about like a young man trying to persuade, show a young woman that he loves her and he cares mm-hmm. about her, just doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you know, sending flowers, big just gestures, just doing all these things to just persuade her and let her know that he loves her. But this is to the point of death. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, yeah. It's very the I um I think partly why I love this chapter so much. Number one, it's beautiful, just objectively, and number two, it's very um like the marriage Im- imagery just feels mm-hmm. like it's very strong. And he mm-hmm. talks a lot about the lover, and um 
yeah, just this intimacy that that we were made for and that we're called into. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's just so good. Yeah. Hmm. So then the first, so that's in this, well, yeah. So then the first thing that he gets into, wow, <laughs> all that, all that work and the best word I came up with was thing. Um, that Jesus says from the cross or in his crucifixion is father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then he has this whole, like, just basically sharing his thoughts and his musings on what that means and it's just so good mm-hmm. um oh, where was that? okay sorry did you have anything from the uh 98 and 99 um i guess one of the things was like he's so he's talking about father forgive them for they know not what they do and I find it interesting that he starts off by questioning, like, and is such a word as this possible? Is it possible for even for divine charity to declare that they do not know what they do? And then he goes on, not once was it known that anyone who came to him was cast out, even those whom the world regarded as worthless, the ruined wrecks of humanity, the publican and the heartlet. Even those who had lost the world's undiscriminating friendship found a friend in him. It was impossible to pretend that the world rejected him because he rejected the world. Impossible to urge that the world was in ignorance of his prodigal charity and large-heartedness. He had been a friend to all. So just interesting that, like, he starts off by questioning, like, how do they, like, is that true? Yeah. You know, just... How do they not know what they're doing? Yeah. Yeah, like they've seen mm-hmm. all that he's done and and yeah. So just I found that interesting mm-hmm. and something I yeah, I don't know. Would not have I guess thought about. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. But then he kind of goes on to clarify. They thought that they were taking his life from him. They did not understand that he was laying it down of himself. They thought that they were ending forever a career of mercy which displeased them they did not know they were cooperating in a supreme climax of mercy they knew not what they did mm-hmm. they knew then that they were outraging a human friend but not that they were slaying a divine friend they did not know they were crucifying the lord of glory that they were attempting to silence the eternal word this then can at last be said in their favor they know the horror but not the full horror of what they do therefore father forgive them Ooh. Beautiful. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Well, okay. Not beautiful is probably not the right way to put it, but just like profound. It is. And just like, whoa. Yeah, because wow. it's so true. And that's sin. Like, we know what we do. Mm-hmm. We know that it's wrong, but we don't We don't know how wrong. Mm-hmm. We don't know the full horror of it often. Yeah. Or ever, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that is so... I had that, that first part. They thought that they were taking his life from him. They did not understand that he was laying it down of himself. Mm-hmm. They thought that they were ending forever a career of mercy, which displeased them. They did not know that they were cooperating in a supreme climax of mercy. They knew not what they did. So good. 
Yeah, and it even like speaks to like in our fallen nature, our false sense of control and power, Mm -hmm. where it's like they thought that they were taking his life from him. Oh, yeah. But he was laying it down. So like just this distorted view of reality and what's actually happening and thinking, oh, I'm the one that's doing this and this it's in the way that I think Mm -hmm. when I want, how I want, not realizing that's not actually the case. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah, and that they were actually cooperating in a supreme climax of mercy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they actually had a role to play in the redemption of the world. Yeah. Like. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. That, yeah, that's just mind-blowing. Um This was just a, a, a quick point at the bottom of 99. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, the Catholic Church is ceaseless. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is hard to say. Yeah. The Catholic Church is ceaselessly engaged in both divine and human works. And like Jesus Christ himself, and like every activity for good, meets with amazing ingratitude. It's like... Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was just kind of a, an interesting and a little point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting point. And yeah. I guess just thinking like not, I mean, maybe a reminder to not be surprised if we're met with ingratitude. Oh, yeah. You know, that like this is something Jesus Christ endured many times and in ways way more extreme mm-hmm. than we will and and also to like it sounds really negative and really bad and like wow we're so wretched but mm-hmm. I think there's also at times like a level of like you think about I was thinking like a child is often often if not always unaware of the full extent the of the sacrifices their parents make mm-hmm. and obviously we should you know teach and encourage gratitude mm-hmm. but to understand that like i don't know sometimes it's just we we can't always see the full extent mm-hmm. of people's actions yeah if that makes sense mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and yeah. just Learn to receive the gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Jump into uh, page 101. Um, Oh my goodness. He says, How enormous is the value of every soul and every act and word and thought that helped to shape the destiny... Oh, hold on. Uh, We do not know how here in these minute opportunities of every day lie the germs of new worlds that may be born to God or crushed in embryo by our carelessness. We finger the jewels he has given us and forget that each is worth a king's ransom. We play like children in the midst of a garden, trampling down the flowers which God can replace but can never restore. So he's 
I, I think here he's talking about, uh, well, again, we know not what we do, just as further reflections. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, maybe I'll give a little more context. We confess to a little sloth and lethargy, a little avarice, a little lack of generosity. We know what we do in part. We know we are not faithful to our highest inspirations, that we have not done all that we might, that we have shown a little self-will, a little malice, a little pardonable temper. And we confess these things and give an easy absolution. And yet we know not what we do. We do not know how urgent is the need of God, how tremendous are the issues he has committed to our, to our care, how enormous is the value of every soul. Woo! Very mm-hmm. convicting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and just so true. I mean, these, when we, uh, yeah, just going back to what we talked about in the beginning, that he would, how does it say, he would go through a thousand more passions if he had to, to To persuade us that he loves us. Yeah, to persuade us that he loves us. And... that he has done for every soul Mm -hmm. and so that's every soul that we come in contact with Mm -hmm. (laughs) he has done that for and so we know not what we do when we sin against our brother like we know but we don't know Mm -hmm. um i feel like i've heard it said that and you know yeah that at the end of our lives once we face the lord we will uh we will see the effect that our sins had on mm. everybody mm. and just the, yeah, you know, I mean, you can imagine the different things, but like, you know, if you gossiped about someone, like, mm. here's how this affected them and here's how it affected the person you were, you know, engaging in gossip with and just all these things. And it's like, wow, yeah, mm. sin is real. The value of the human soul, I mean, can't even be weighed because the Lord, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, gave everything for that soul, for your soul. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we're just, I mean, we're weak. We know not what we do. Um, Oh, yeah. We finger the jewels he has given us and forget that each is worth a king's ransom. These jewels, these, these souls. And it's, yeah, it's so easy to just forget the enormous value of every soul. And yeah, it's very convicting. I mean, praise God for his mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like, okay. Robert Hugh Benson is like, okay, <laughs> it's time to be serious about this whole like holiness thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's beautifully convicting. Um, did you have, what was your next? Uh, it was the, towards the bottom of 102. Okay. Um, up a little bit further. It says, our God, whom we thought our slave, who desires to be our friend. So that's just the second half of the sentence. But that, yeah, kind of stuck out to me because it was just kind of a good reminder of, like, I guess, what is our relationship 
with God, like our God whom we thought our slave. And slave sounds kind of intense, and I was like, oh, that's, hmm. But then I was thinking about it more, and I was like, what is the relationship of a slave? It's someone, and this is very basic, and but just like, you tell them what you want, and they do it. Mm-hmm. And it's very um, exchange-oriented. Mm-hmm. Vending machine God. Yes, yes, exactly. And so there's a comparison of that and that view, but then in stark contrast to what a friend is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. A yeah. true friend, a true friendship is not just an exchange of, well, you do this for me. It, it's not even a, like a, dual slave ship if you will where it's like well you do this for me and I do that for you and you do this you know it's like it's more than that it's deeper it's a I don't know I'm sure we all have friends so we can look at (laughs) friendships it's a bond it's an actual yeah 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 it's a relationship of desiring the good of the other in in a way where you're like personally involved in each other's lives mm-hmm. and yeah yeah I think I'll stop there mm-hmm. yeah 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 oh, plenty to chew on yeah he also says um you know all, all this being said, Christ desires more than mere obedience, mere faith, or mere adoration. That he desires such a friendship with himself that its inception is no less than a moral conversion. It is a wonderful and beautiful sight to observe a soul in this manner becoming conscious, as a maiden becomes conscious that she is loved, of the heart-shaking fact that her God is her lover. So good. <laughs> So good. So, yeah, like you said, it's not, um, well, vending machine God, like, there's no love, really. It's just, like, Mm. um, which, yeah, yeah, it's just very convicting, because, yeah, it's just a matter of exchange, like, you do this for me, I do Mm. this for you, this is how we operate, Mm -hmm. um, it's almost going back to, like, a marriage uh, analogy it's almost like a um, an arranged marriage sort of situation mm-hmm. like okay you you know I wanted a wife or I, I don't really know how arranged marriages go but mm-hmm. I'm just gonna make some assumptions mm-hmm. I wanted a wife and you know the woman's like well I needed someone to provide for me so mm-hmm. here we are you do this for me I do this for you and um, beyond that I don't give a dang about mm-hmm. <laughs> the kind of person that you are and and what our future holds together but yeah but this yeah just again going back to christ it's not he doesn't just desire our obedience and our adoration and our faith he wants truly wants our friendship and mm-hmm. i i think uh yeah maybe just a good theme of this entire book is just 
and just yeah to remember throughout our lives is that God actually wants us mm-hmm. he doesn't just want our service mm-hmm. our time he wants those mm-hmm. <laughs> but he actually wants us and um yeah and I just love that just the it's such a beautiful sight to observe um a soul that's become that be, has become aware that oh god is my lover mm-hmm. and just like a maiden when she realizes that she's loved just how beautiful that is and just the radiance that she um displays the same should hopefully be true of our souls when we when we realize that god is our lover Do you have any other things from that section? Um, yeah, sort of. I'm trying to figure out how to... You mean before section two? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, on page 103, he's kind of talking about... Oops. Um, essentially, when the romance wears off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and basically where um yeah that basically or the uh the soul which a few years ago centered all upon Jesus Christ a soul which reformed her life and arranged its details with the single object of growing more and more conformed to her friend um such a soul as this, when a little while has passed, when the searching processes of the purgative way begin to shift her through, sorry, sift her through, or when imagination becomes weary or maturity dulls, keen, emotion, keen emotions of adolescence. Wow, this is a majorly long sentence. Let me cut to the chase. Um, he's basically just pointing out that this, uh, yeah, when this happens, she is still content, perhaps, to treat him as her God, as the ideal of the human race, as the savior of men, but no longer as the lover who desires her among ten thousand, as the prince who has awakened her with a kiss, to whom henceforward she must wholly belong. And yet so seldom it is that she knows what it is that she does. She knows that she has been wanting, but she knows not how much. And this is an interesting section because, um, yeah, it's like, okay, this does happen where the soul, you know, you think of someone who just had like a really big conversion and then they start, you know, and they're sort of at, uh, a bit of a spiritual high and they're just feeling really, really close to the Lord and, um, but then some of that romance starts to wear off and they're still, you know, being faithful in the sense that they profess the Lord as their Lord. And, um, but they've sort of forgotten that he is their lover and their friend. Mm -hmm. Um, and they know that they're wanting, but they know not how much. And I just thought like, this is, 
when we live outside of friendship with Christ, we know not what we do. <laughs> like we, we know it, we know that something's missing, but we don't really know it. And if we did, we wouldn't do it. Um, yeah. And I am curious, like, what's the difference between this and just like spiritual desolation? Mm-hmm. Like there are times in which, you know, our, our choices, our decisions lead to this sort of thing where we've kind of just not given the, the Lord his proper place. Mm-hmm. Um, in our lives, but also there's just, I mean, spiritual desolation, which is just a part of the process. So it's like, I'm not sure how to avoid mm-hmm. <laughs> falling into this, but yeah, that's probably not the point because falling into this can bear a really good fruit, um, eventually. And the Lord's providence works that all out, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just kind of like a little... I don't know. Yeah. Curious about that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, she, this example, this soul example, is, you know, still. I guess being faithful, but. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's probably like a. Um, a very like specific and kind of like fine line distinction there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if it comes down somewhat to actions, mm-hmm. because I don't know. It's the line she is still content, perhaps, to treat him as her god, as the ideal of the human race, as the savior of men, but no longer as the lover who desires her. So, I don't know. I'm wondering if, like, somehow the no longer treating him as the lover, that maybe there's something particular there that, I don't know. Yeah. Starts to, that goes missing. I don't Mm -hmm. know. That would be my best guess, but that still doesn't really answer Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah things to ponder yeah yeah <laughs> all right so the next part is about the thief the good thief mm. and the the interactions mm. so good mm-hmm. what did you have from this section i had the first well i had the first a chunk right at the beginning just yeah the imagery mm-hmm. an hour has okay an hour perhaps has passed away The screams and the blasphemies of the two tortured thieves have died to moans, and the moans to the silence of exhaustion, and in the silence, the grace of God and the habits of the past have been at work together. The one on this side is still absorbed in his own pain, regarding it, contrasting it, turning it this way and that, seeking to adjust it, and the other is aware that there is something in the universe besides his own pain and that his pain is not the beginning and the end of all things. So just like seeing the the contrast there Mm -hmm. and like our response to pain and suffering and how, how we, yeah, how we're viewing it, how we're responding to it 
can be very different. Oh, yeah. And is very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can almost see, just from those first couple sentences, you can almost see the the unrepentant thief just, like, squirming around on the cross Mm -hmm. and just, like, totally unsurrendered and just trying to restore what little of comfort he can. Mm -hmm. And then the repentant thief just kind of, like, almost just, like, in a state of contemplation, like, realizing... Mm -hmm just like what a grace he was given to just realize like my pain is not the only thing Mm -hmm. that's important right now there's something bigger happening here Mm -hmm. yeah he paints a beautiful picture Mm -hmm. I mean a um yeah yeah beautiful but also almost horrifying picture too Mm because it's like yeah anyway Mm. Yeah, he goes on to say on the next page. Pain is a strange magician when grace stands behind, an initiator into secrets, a high priest who handles and dispenses mysteries unknown to those who have not suffered. Yeah, that last part. A high priest who handles and dispenses mysteries unknown to those who have not suffered. And, yeah speaking to like our suffering and pain is something we it it's a mystery you know it's mm-hmm. um but it's also meaningful and powerful and the lord does i mean amazing things <laughs> with suffering and pain mm-hmm. and um there's actually another book i was reading that had quote about pain and suffering in it that um was really good that i thought i'd Mm -hmm. tie in it's kind of this is talking more specifically about like um sickness so like suffering that comes through um, like physical sickness um it's then there is the cross of sickness which has always which always has a divine purpose our blessed lord said this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Resignation to this particular kind of cross is one of the very highest forms of prayer. Unfortunately, the sick generally want to be doing something else other than the thing that God wants them to do. We always make the fatal mistake of thinking that it is what we do that matters, when really what matters is what we let God do to us. God sent the angel to Mary not to ask her to do something, but to let something be done. Mm. And so I guess as I'm reading this, it's like kind of loosely ties in because it's sickness and suffering. But I guess with suffering, the the lesson of like surrender and letting God do something to you, letting something be done to you. Mm-hmm. And that's probably partially why it's so hard because we feel powerless mm-hmm. and we have to just let something be done to us and in us and we don't understand it Mm -hmm. and that can be hard and scary Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) oh man yeah being surrendered to suffering is just is very hard but the Lord gives us many opportunities to learn mm-hmm. 
I just I I don't <laughs> I just keep thinking of this I don't have much to say about it but um just thinking about like a woman in labor mm. and just like and this is not this is not at all to shame any women out there who were unsurrendered to their suffering because mm. it's understandable mm. I've never been in labor mm. I imagine if and when I am someday I will it will yeah I'll probably be scared anyway mm. whatever but I'm just imagining like just a contrast between a woman who's just very like her she's just very set on okay I'm gonna deliver this baby and mm. I've, I've got to do this 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 is happening to me mm-hmm. <laughs> um this is happening in my body this mm-hmm. is just ha- it's there's no way around it this baby's mm-hmm. gonna come out and it's gonna hurt mm-hmm. in many different ways contrasted to a woman who's just like really really scared and there's actually mm-hmm. you probably know more about this than i do but there's actually like when the woman's body is tense like mm-hmm. because of fear or you know even trauma does that um she tenses up and it can really make labor and delivery a lot harder because Mm -hmm. instead of the muscles relaxing and doing what they're supposed to do they're kind of just holding everything in Mm -hmm. and the point is actually to let it let it happen let your body do it yeah Mm -hmm. and so it's just um it's just kind of like the yeah (laughs) i don't want to say it's similar to the unrepentant thief (laughs) but you know just like what happens when you Mm -hmm. um squirm from mm-hmm. pain instead of um allowing the lord to use it and to, to really and truly literally bring life yeah through your pain mm-hmm. yeah lots to learn through the beautiful way that women were made mm-hmm. like lots of lessons yeah. in the body of a woman like mm-hmm. really it's amazing yeah yeah, yeah. it is mm-hmm Do you have anything else? I don't think so. Somewhere in here, I don't know what page it is, but he kind of points out what um, business, <laughs> the good mm-hmm. thief, mm-hmm. Uh, just the fact that it's interesting that he does not ask for comfort mm-hmm. from the Lord, but mm-hmm. he just says, remember me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, basically he's looking not for comfort, but for friendship. Mm-hmm. like yeah he doesn't say save me from this like like the the unrepentant thief does um or even yeah it's just amazing because at this point he knows he knows who jesus is and so he knows the power that he has mm-hmm. and instead of even saying like you know ah. Uh, allow me to enter into your kingdom please mm-hmm. like save me from my sins save mm-hmm. me from this present torture of my body um and the pain i'm in but just remember me like mm-hmm. that's such like a yeah an intimate like friend what a mm-hmm. friend would say to a friend mm-hmm. and of course jesus response is just go above and beyond what the thief could have asked for i guess or, mm-hmm. yeah, that he will be with him in paradise that day. It's like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Can you, like, really imagine that scene. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. And 
yeah, putting yourself in the place of the, because that's who we are. I mean, is the repentant thief, hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, repentant. Um, and just like imagine that. And that same gift is offered to us, and it should just, yeah, it should really make us have a lot of awe. I like, oh man, wow. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, remember me. Mm. What do you have next? Um, I think it was like 109. Okay. Yeah, go for it. So then he kind of jumps in and talks about, um, our Lord desires not merely to form friendships between himself and every human soul, but to unite friends in divine charity to one another. So... He, part of it is him and, you know, every soul, but then also to um, unite brothers together and friends. And, yeah, so I don't really have anything mm-hmm. about that, but that's just kind of where yeah. he goes next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says, if one half of the energies of Christ's life on earth has been to draw men to himself, the other half has been to draw men to one another. Mm-hmm. He also, he goes on to say that, uh, basically Jesus does something that's never been done before. He uses suffering as the supreme bond of love. Mm-hmm. Um, And he kind of, he kind of explains that um, yeah the supreme bond of love is not in winning together, it's not mm-hmm. in rejoicing together, it's not in triumphing together, but it's in suffering together, and that's where the greatest depths of union are. And I also that also makes me think of childbirth as well. Is mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just how much. Um, union a mother experiences with her baby and the other way around the baby Mm -hmm. experiences with the mother in this suffering Mm -hmm. (laughs) of labor Um, yeah yeah and and this is where he starts talking about um, Mary and John at the cross and um, behold thy son and behold thy mother Mm-hmm. Um, and that these these hearts, Mary's heart and John's heart have are going through this suffering and watching their beloved die, mm-hmm. and now they are, yeah. They love one another now, not merely in the sacred heart, but in the pierced and broken sacred heart. Hitherto they have been perfect friends. Henceforth they are blood relations. Relations in a blood more intimate to them than their own blood. A blood shed for the remission of sins. So it's like they've been with Jesus throughout his life. And um, they've been united in his sacred heart. But now, as they're at the cross, 
They're united in his broken sacred heart. And so... And then he gives them to each other. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is your mother. This is your son. And so now they, they've entered into this new chapter of their own relationship and mm-hmm. intimacy. Um, which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, just imagine, like, two friends. Well, yeah. I don't know. Three, three people that are really, really close and two of them watch one of them die together and just how much you would like how much you would lean on the other one Mm -hmm. because the one is gone is Mm -hmm. dead Mm -hmm. and you can't believe how horrific how horrific that was Mm -hmm. but this other one whom you love was there to watch it happen and now i mean yeah Mm -hmm. you can't imagine that intimacy like Mm Yeah, around that section on 111, um, he says, A religion that presented to us Mary with her living child in her arms and had no Mary with her dead son across her knees could not have been the religion to which we should turn in utter confidence when all else had failed. More, she could not have been our mother in any but an adopted sense if her bearing of us had been without pain. Of tying back into the the image of labor and mm-hmm. suffering and pain and yeah I just thought that was that was interesting that like part of the pain that and sorrow that Mary experienced was in some ways like her laboring of us mm-hmm. being her children you know so mm-hmm. I was just yeah it's an interesting yeah 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 yeah, because in his death, we become her children. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's a pain. Yeah. Yeah. He also just has some really uh, good reflections about suffering. Where's this at? Uh, and sorrow. He says, sorrow, wrongly received, is a mightier force than all ordinary human affections. Sorrow, born with resentment and bitterness, isolates the soul not only from God, but from her, but from her own fellows. The wounded stag creeps away to die in loneliness. But, on the other hand, if sorrow is welcomed and taken in, if it is made by the very effort which welcomes it, a bond of union with others that suffer, a link is forged which all the powers of hell cannot break. Whew. And so we just, yeah, we see in Mary that she welcomes sorrow and takes it in and it becomes a bond, a link, which all the powers of hell cannot break. Whew. I think it's just very convicting because, yeah, I... My tendency is to bear sorrow with resentment and bitterness. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he says that that isolates the soul not only from God, but from our our fellow brothers and sisters. And it's so true. 
on 112 says some talking about okay yeah sorry it is the supreme glory of the cross that it claims to make suffering the deepest bond of human relations so just kind of a beautiful way to mm -hmm. sum that up mm -hmm. suffering the deepest bond of human relations mm -hmm. yeah yeah that just makes sense mm -hmm. it does <laughs> it's like when you really think about it it's like yeah yeah that makes sense yeah it does you think even just like um thinking about like <laughs> i feel like a lot of pop songs say like or like um yeah just talking about like romantic relationships like a lot of times mm -hmm. they will speak of all the things that we've been through mm -hmm. and it's like it's it, that hits on this too like mm -hmm. we know from our human experiences that uh the more we suffer with someone and go through hard times with people the closer mm -hmm. we are with them yeah. and they're just like this bond is um is formed now if it's it that can go a different way if it's not um what do you want to say handled if if virtue is totally lacking then it can mm -hmm. drive a wedge yeah between too um but in perseverance and love it really does make it stronger it's the deepest yeah supreme glory of the cross claims to make suffering the deepest bond of human relations yeah he gets a uh <laughs> a little spicy again here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Talking about just like practically what charity should look like. Mm. And yeah. He says, it's an appalling fact that again and again, those who claim to be enjoying the most intimate friendship with God are distinguished by selfishness and a lack of charity towards their neighbors. That it is those again and again, above all others, who live what we called misunderstood lives who actually advance the rule of life or the calls of their devotion as arguments against their having time or energy to be kind to their servants or acquaintances. She is at her prayers, therefore she must not be disturbed. He is getting ready for the sacraments, therefore it is natural that he should be a little peevish and preoccupied. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My note beside it was, shoot, he called out. <laughs> <laughs> true yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah how often that's true and even to like be like okay I'm trying to grow in friendship with God maybe you're not like maybe you're not claiming to enjoy the most intimate friendship with God at this mm -hmm. point mm -hmm. <laughs> me oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're like you know I'm like Trying. trying yeah but then on the other hand it's like are distinguished by selfishness and a lack of charity towards their neighbors mm -hmm. and it's like okay can i yeah mm -hmm. like can i i mean i can but like can i really say that i'm trying you know mm -hmm. just not like ah oh, shoot there's more than one um aspect to this yes. part of this mm -hmm. and so 
Yeah. Yeah. He says, the final proof of our discipleship of Jesus is that we love one another. It's like, okay. Mm. Okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and then he ends that section by saying, no man can be a friend of Jesus Christ who is not a friend to his neighbor. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. That one, I mean, the other one to do, but that one hurt. Mm-hmm. Reading that, I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I feel like everyone's got people in their life mm-hmm. that they just really struggle with. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so reading that, there was... There was someone who came to mind Mm -hmm. and yeah, just, um, called out and called to, um, I don't know. Cause I feel like sometimes it's like, I don't know, like sometimes this is an excuse and I recognize that and I'm not saying it's a valid excuse, but it's like, you just get tired. Oh, yes. You just get so tired. And it's yes. like, I I feel like I've somewhat tried mm-hmm. to be decent to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like I'm I'm just tired. And mm-hmm. so you, you just kind of start to give up. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that within myself to be like, okay. Which was actually kind of a situation where I came to realize that anyway, someone had said something and they didn't even know anything about what was my struggles in the situation I was having and something they said really opened my eyes and I was like oh shoot I am really slipping here I'm like not even hardly making an effort anymore Mm -hmm. I need to need to try to yeah be putting more effort into that and Mm -hmm. to yeah It's hard. (laughs) It's really hard. It is very hard. Yeah. But if I'm trying to be a friend of Christ, I need to, at the very least, be trying to be a friend to my neighbor. Mm Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you have to like them. Yes. Yes. And that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't mean that oh, we have to be best friends. Right. It doesn't mean you have to hang out on the weekends. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean you even necessarily... I mean, there may be situations. You may get to a point where you can do this, but it doesn't even mean that like you have to go out of your way mm-hmm. to spend time with them, but just to be friendly to them. Mm-hmm. And when you're put in situations with them, to ask the Lord for the grace and the strength to be kind and to see him in them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then just to respond to that in that moment Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah because i feel like sometimes it can be overwhelming to think i have to be do this thing all the time always perfectly Mm -hmm. where it's like every time i'm interacting with this person who's difficult i have to respond in the most gracious kind loving way it's just like i don't know that i can do that Mm -hmm. 
but just to kind of like take it at a moment by moment day by day situation to where it's like okay today I am going to ask the Lord to help me (laughs) to deal with this person Mm -hmm. kindly and then to do it again the next day and the next day whenever you're interacting with them Mm -hmm. yeah lean on the grace he gives you in the moment (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and a little bit above that this was like whoo He says, the fact that the eternal word died for both of you upon the cross is an infinitely stronger link of union than the fact that the eternal word ruled you both into being. For while the fall broke the harmony of creation, the redemption restored it. And this restoration is a far greater marvel than even creation itself. Which is, like, hard for me to understand. Mm -hmm. But I guess, again, just going back to, like, to recognize or at least to try to recognize, like, the the dignity and the value of every human soul, that, like, Jesus was willing to die for me, yes, but also my neighbor and every person I encounter, he was willing to die for. Mm-hmm. And so that gives them this, like, worth and value that we can't even really fathom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, okay, Jesus Christ can suffer and die and endure all that. I can smile at this person and hold in my snarky comment. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like, okay. Mm-hmm. Set aside my all my thoughts about this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Choose to give the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so hard you're right we do get tired Mm -hmm. oh we get so tired sick and tired Mm -hmm. um but yeah that i love that line too just that the restoration is far greater is a far greater marvel than creation restoration is what was that from the um wondrously made and even more wondrously restored i don't know i don't know where that from but it's yeah an interesting thing and that this Mm -hmm. yes we're united in our humanity in our nature through creation our brothers and sisters are fellow human human Mm -hmm. beings but an infinitely stronger link of union exists between us because of what christ did for us and sometimes that makes us uncomfortable because it's like i don't want to be united to some people Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but yeah Oops. Um, yeah, but this is the great journey we've been called to, to be, to be a friend, to, yeah, and to see Christ in the least among us, and um, to choose charity, even and especially when it hurts and you don't want to. And there will be a gift in that. Like, it won't just be all drudgery and Mm -hmm. uh, dread. Mm -hmm. It'll, yeah. The Lord will will show you the beauty in it. And, yeah. Like you said, give you the grace in the moment to Mm -hmm. do the next, do the next right thing. I know someone Mm -hmm. who just says, like, just do the next right thing. Don't, like, Mm -hmm. don't need to overwhelm yourself with, all the ways in which you're failing and what you need to do like Mm -hmm. what's the next right thing Mm -hmm. okay 
I've been putting off this task. I should probably do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, you know, maybe I should talk to this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do the next right thing. So was that, was that still in the section about, um, yeah. Behold your mother, behold your son. Yeah. I think so. Okay. The next one is about, um, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Very intense. Did you have anything Mm. from that? Um, sorry, I'm trying to gather context. Oh, yeah. Surrounding (laughs) what I underlined. (laughs) That's what I was trying to do earlier. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So... This isn't great context. It's kind of lacking, so I apologize. But he's kind of talking about trying, attempting to find consolation when we're suffering in things besides God. And he goes down this whole, like, list. If physical comforts are wanting to us, we find refuge in mental comfort. If mental comforts are wanting, we lean upon our friends. Or, more usually, when the higher pleasures are withdrawn, we find relief with scarcely an effort and lower. And then (laughs) the last line is, There seems no depth to which we will not go, and our passionate determination to make ourselves tolerable to ourselves. Like, yeah. 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 (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just kind of made me chuckle. Mm -hmm. True. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, the lengths we will go to, mm-hmm. to comfort grasp. ourselves. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 And not even like true, lasting comfort. Just yeah. some fleeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's talking about this because. Um, because he's kind of contrasting what we tend to do and what our Lord did. So mm-hmm. thinking about it in like uh, the state, <laughs> the state that Jesus is in when he utters the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, you know, we find ourselves in similar states. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually a line he says talking about, Jesus, the darkened sun above him was a faint and shadowy type of his own darkened soul. Mm-hmm. Just like, whew, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, you know, presumably he's been on the cross for a bit. You know, he's in terrible agony and pain. Not just in his body. I think he says this somewhere. Yeah. Um, basically, he says that his his torn and strained body is just um, a uh, almost just a glimpse into the pain he's going through in his soul, mm. which is like, whoa. Mm. And so there's just this darkness over him. And what does he do? He cries out to God. Mm-hmm. And he's just, and so Robert Hugh Benson is kind of contrasting, what do we do when we're, when that darkness comes over us? Well, we don't tend to cry out to God. And that's what we, that is the lesson that we should learn from the Lord in these moments of what can turn to despair. Because we know what happens Mm -hmm. when we're in that low place, that dark 
place. Um, and we try to do, as you said, just try to comfort and soothe ourselves. Um, it, that usually can make it even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, cause then the, the comfort lasts a couple seconds or mm-hmm. however long, and then it's gone. And then we're like, oh crap, that wasn't, yeah, that didn't help. I feel mm-hmm. worse. And so now Satan is setting it up perfectly so that we can fall into despair, which mm-hmm. is partially why we need to pray for hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so all that being said, Christ shows us the perfect way to respond to the darkness that comes upon us mm-hmm. sometimes. And it's to cry out in honesty to our maker. And um, where did he say? Yeah, he basically, at, at some point, I think it's on page 116. Um, he basically says, when we feel like our friendship has been withdrawn and we feel forsaken, we tend to just try to distract ourselves. We run to other comforts, like we said, mm-hmm. or we just straight up lose heart and uh, give up our spiritual practices. That's just like we throw in the towel, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um but instead, we're called to cry out to God. And it's okay to cry out to him. And he says, just don't do it with resentment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, the fault lies not in so crying, but in resenting while we cry. Mm-hmm. Because we know our Lord did not resent. I mean, he laid down his life, you know, mm-hmm. freely. Um, so why would he resent God the Father for making him do that? He didn't make him do it. He laid it down mm-hmm. of his own accord. So he still loved while he cried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's whew, that's a great lesson to us all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the line right after that. He says, It seems to us in our complacency as if we had deserved better of our Lord, as if there was a kind of right on our part to insist always upon the sense of our friend's presence. You think about like that goes back to like kind of the slave treating him like a slave, mm-hmm. you know, to like, yeah, or like the that where it's like, well, I need you right now here, so I need to feel like you're, you know, to mm-hmm. like placing demands, yeah, yeah. What I just des- like that we deserve this, I deserve mm-hmm. this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, like, reading that, it's like, ooh, But it's like, I see how that can play out very oh, yeah. easily. But yeah, seeing it and reading that, it seems to us in our complacency as if we had deserved better of our Lord. Like, mm-hmm. Whew. That gives perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. have anything else um sort of the last couple pages are just basically about how um or 
the last couple pages of the first part of this chapter that we're going over mm-hmm. <laughs> so like 117 and 118 are just I just thought were beautiful and something I want to strive for but I know I'm totally not there but he says religion is not one of the departments which make up our life that is religiosity but religion is that which enters into every department the fabric on which every device whether of art or literature or domestic interests or recreation or business or human love must be embroidered. And so he's basically saying that our spiritual life isn't, or at least what I'm, how I'm interpreting this is that our spiritual life isn't uh, separate. It isn't just one part of our lives, but it's actually should be intimately connected and it should be the life breath of all of our other affairs. Mm-hmm. And, ah, uh, yeah. And he says, this is not in the sense that the soul is uninterested in everything else or in everything except the actual forms of worship or theology or asceticism or morals. This, again, would be called religiosity. But in such a way that the will or the power or the beauty of God is subconsciously perceived in everything and that nothing is secular except sin. And that the whole of life becomes illuminated with his presence. Everything is seen to subsist in him. Nothing has any value except so far as it is in relations with him. It's, it's kind of like an abstract thing. I don't really know how to talk about it, but I just think it's beautiful. And I want to live it out like to where this, yeah. My relationship with him has say and has authority over my entire life. Mm-hmm. Everything. And even if it doesn't look like a very religious department of my life or whatever, that it that he is very much there and he is the leading voice and the the king on that throne, mm-hmm. essentially. And yeah, just a great call and it just sounds exciting and really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And then on the the top of one eighteen he says, to lose Jesus if, you, if he occupies nine-tenths of your life surely brings extraordinary pain, but there yet will remain one-tenth in which the loss is not felt. But when he occupies the whole of life, when there is not one moment of the day, one movement of the senses, one perception or act of the mind in which he is not the background, then indeed when he withdraws himself, the sun is darkened and the moon cannot give her light. Then indeed the savor goes out of life and the color fades from the sky and form vanishes from beauty and harmony from sound. It is such a soul as this and this only who can dare without presumption to take on her lips the words of Christ himself and to cry, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? For in losing thee, I lose all. So basically like if, if he's occupying only nine tenths of our life, um, wait, lose, and, and we feel as if we've lost him, there will be pain, but we will, it's, it's a lot less felt than if he is of our entire, uh, 10 tenths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I don't really know how to mm-hmm. talk about that much, but it's just, yeah. 
when he's your all, he's your all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the case with, with Jesus and that his all is to serve God, the Father. And so he cries out when he feels, yeah, in that darkest hour, he can cry out, why have you forsaken me? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. A radical call to how how we live our lives. Mm-hmm. That he should be immersed in every single area, every human relation, every all of our loves, mm-hmm. all of our struggles. That he should be part of it because he wants to be. Again, he wants us. That's all. Well, that's a wrap for part one. That is a wrap for part one. And next month we will finish up the chapter. Mm -hmm. And then we have one more chapter after that. Yeah. A much shorter one. Yeah. Yeah. So nearing the end. Yes, we are nearing the end. Yeah, so I guess just a reminder of our prayer intention for hope. Mm -hmm. And yeah. This is coming out, I think, before Christmas. Mm -hmm. Have a wonderful Christmas. Yeah. And we will, yeah, talk to you later. Keep Mm -hmm. praying for hope. Keep hoping. Adios. Thread Sunflowers Podcast is a production of Journeys Revealed Ministries. Glorify the Lord by your life. To learn more about this Catholic nonprofit apostolate, visit the website journeysrevealed.com. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day.